Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. So happy you are here. My goal with this channel is to bring inspirational speakers to the mic in the field of yoga, massage, body work, and beyond. Follow us at Native Yoga and check us out at nativeyogacenter.com. All right, let's begin. Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. So happy that you're here. If it's your first time listening, welcome to the show. For those of you that are longtime listeners, thanks so much for your support. If you'd like to support the show, there's a link below. Click it. And every little bit of support is greatly appreciated. This week, I have the pleasure of bringing Leah Hester onto the podcast. Leah joined me here in studio for a discussion about yoga and how she has applied yoga to her life to help improve, create more peace, and to communicate effectively. Follow Leah on her Instagram, which is at I am Leah Hester. Follow her on her YouTube, which is at Leah Hester. And then also you can send her an email via Gmail, which is I am Leah Hester at gmail.com. Those links are in the description below. And for those of you that enjoy digital marketing, at the end of the podcast, I went ahead and recorded another little additional segment, which is being played at the end of the closing show music. So if that's something that interests you, I wanted to ask her a couple of in-depth questions regarding her strategy. So um, you can stay all the way to the end and check it out. All right. Thanks so much. Let's go ahead and get, get started. I'm so excited to have Leah Hester here with me today in studio. And Leah, thank you so much for joining me, taking time out of your day. Um, how are you feeling today? Thank you for having me. Grateful to be here. I'm feeling really good. Yay. Uh, uh, what has been happening for you lately? Where I know you're visiting here in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what, where you are currently in your life in relation to what are you up to these days here in Juneau? Yeah. So primarily came here from Costa Rica to just stop and pause in my travels and in life really and just take like a deep inhale (laughs) followed by an exhale and many more to come to redirect um, my goals and my priorities and really hone down on where I want to set up a home base and what direction I want to take you know, all the yogic experience and experience teaching yoga that I have accumulated over the past few years. So Very cool. Where did you grow up? I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, Mm -hmm. in a little suburb about 20 miles north of the city. Oh, cool. What suburb? I don't know Chicago really well, but I have uh, people that come here that are from there. So I'm curious what, what area or what suburb? It's called Highland Park. Cool. Nice. I just had somebody practicing today from Springfield, Illinois. Mm, Is that close? I believe that's the capital. Yeah. I should know that for Uh, sure off the top of my head. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that's obvious. I would think Chicago... Chicago would be the capital of Illinois, right? But it's it's not, right, yeah, it's obviously. Not. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. And then how long were you living in Costa Rica? I was just there for three months. Cool. Yeah. Nice. What part? I was in Dominical, so it's more south in the Osa Peninsula. Cool. What did you think? Did you enjoy it? I love Costa Rica. Yeah. It, the slow pace of life and 
the sweetness of the local ticos and the ticas and the vast amount of yoga and mm. yoga community is amazing. Nice. Oh, it was a great time. Cool. What was your first introduction to yoga? My first introduction to yoga actually began with philosophy. Mm. I went to college for one short year, <laughs> one beautiful short year. Um, but I studied philosophy that year and that kind of led me into being curious about yogic philosophy. Mm. And so I started reading into that, um, developed a meditation practice, and then shortly after did my yoga teacher training. Cool. What was the text that you first started to read in relation to yoga philosophy? Hmm. That's a good question. That goes so far back. I think the first text that I truly read in and out was the yoga sutras. Nice. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. That's, that's a classic kind of first entry level book. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Do you remember when you first read it, what your first reaction to it was? Was it like something that you felt was easily to un easy to understand or was it something that you're reading going, um, what is what, like what? <laughs> what, what are we talking about here? Like, yeah. Yeah. I immediately loved it and nice. resonated with it. There were a few passages, of course, a few sutras that I had to reread sometimes uh -huh. more uh -huh. than twice, like yeah. to really grasp and digest it. Yeah. But ultimately reading through it for me was like enjoyable. Cool. Nice. Did you, when you did your yoga teacher training, it was at a studio in Chicago or no, in Illinois, sorry? Uh, actually, after I, I went to college in San Diego for that one year. Nice. And then when I left school, I stayed there. So yeah. before Costa Rica, up until Costa Rica. So just up until about six months ago, I was living in San Diego. Cool. Uh, that is really what feels like home to me. And yeah, that's, I did my yoga teacher training at a cool studio there called Trilogy in La Jolla. Great. Uh, my wife and I used to live in San Diego as well. It's such a fun city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And did you live in La Jolla or did you commute to go to La Jolla for the training? Yeah, I did live in La Jolla for about a year. Uh, after that, I moved to North County, so up by Encinitas, and did my yoga teacher training when I was living in Encinitas. It was about a 20-minute drive yeah. south, but yeah. it was beautiful down the, the 101, oh driving with the top down in the morning. <laughs> yes, right? Like uh, Encinitas, Lucadia, mm -hmm. Del Mar... Um, so we go a little bit south of Del Mar on the way to La Jolla, what Torrey Pines. Mm -hmm. Did you go to Black's Beach at all? Did you oh, ever yeah. go? Yeah. I love Black's Beach. Isn't that amazing? It's I mean, amazing. I know some people would make fun of me because I love to go surfing there, but there was like, oh, Todd, the nudist beach, you know, yeah. like, I'm like, trust me, you know, like I'm not going there for that. And that trail, that goat trail that goes down, mm -hmm. did you climb down that? To get oh, to the, yeah. yeah. It's Many quite a, times. Quite an, an adventure. With my surfboard. There you go. Nice. So you do surf. Yeah. Awesome. My biggest, one of my biggest passions. Nice. Cool. So obviously growing up in Illinois, that wasn't where you started to surf, mm -hmm. I'm guessing. And so then when you went to San Diego, that's where you started picking it up? Yep. Yep. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, 
when you did your yoga teacher training, what was the emphasis? Was it like a broad spectrum covering different styles and, and techniques or was it a focused on a specific sort of a technique or approach? The training was mainly vinyasa, hatha vinyasa. We dabbled in the breath work, yin, prenatal yoga, um, philosophy, Ayurveda. So we got a lot of exposure, like a little nibble of a lot of different um, categories. Nice. What teaching opportunities have you had? How how long ago was that? How many years ago was it the time that you were in San Diego to here? Yeah, that was not this summer, but the last. So I was in San Diego just five, six months ago before Costa Rica. Cool. Um, And yeah, so just about over a year ago, around a year and a half ago, was my yoga teacher training. And it was a two, it was a one month uh, immersion. So it was every day from like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Nice. Very mm-hmm. cool. That's that's solid. Yeah. Yeah. Are you currently teaching? Right now, mm-hmm. I actually just started a YouTube channel. I haven't posted my flows yet, but I have them recorded. So I'm in the editing process. It's yeah. been really fun. So cool. right now, only teaching digitally. Um, yeah. And really missing teaching in person. Yeah. What, um, what did, how did you kind of first start teaching digitally? Like, um, was it more like, so the time frame makes me think this is all kind of post pandemic, not, mm-hmm. not like born out of necessity, like everything's shut and now I can't like teach or be in a studio. But do you find that you've gravitated toward virtual teaching out of, um, just ease or I'm a lot older than you. I didn't grow up with like you know, phones and technology and computers. So for me, it was a, it was a challenge to like start to feel comfortable with integrating all this sort of technology in with teaching. But is that something that you feel like comes natural to you or was just like a piece of cake? You didn't have to think about it. That's a good question. There's a lot to unravel there. I'd say there's a certain energy of physically being with your students that I love and I think can never truly be replaced. The essence of it can't be replaced virtually. However, I do believe that in the world we live in with all of the access, easy access to to virtual studios and YouTube, that's a free platform, that there's so much abundance there and that you can take advantage of these platforms and, you know, share your teaching skills. So I found it to be pretty breezy transitioning to online. Um, I think what is so appealing about making YouTube flows and meditations is just that it's accessible to everyone. And I believe that yoga should be accessible to everyone. Yeah. Agreed. I love YouTube. (laughs) Like I, I was struggling with uh, the thought of trying to, get going on it because it just seemed a little bit more daunting you know like with social media you can take a picture and or just write something brief and then boom like it's done right Right. whereas YouTube there's a lot more like tech involved and all the search engine fill out like all the stuff that you can fill out when you actually post your video is pretty um, it's very like there's a lot to it 
but now that I'm like working with it, like I'm, I'm so at the very beginning stages. Right. But mm -hmm. I really like it. Like, I think it's an amazing platform. Pretty cool. So I'm glad to hear that you're, you're feeling it. You're getting excited about it. Yeah. What, um, what do you, what do you feel like yoga has helped you with in your life? Yoga has helped me with so much, especially the past few months of transitioning and, you know, being in a space close to family that I haven't been in for an extended period of time since I was 17, 18 years old. So it's really just helped me that no matter where I've been traveling and bouncing around the last few months of life, just come back to myself Yeah, and just nice. realize that home is, you know, in the mind. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Are you, um, can you tell me a little bit about, I know recently I saw that you were in Guatemala. Can you tell me a little bit about what your experience was like down there? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was traveling to Guatemala. It would have been my, it was my second time there. Uh, I had gone to Lake Atitlan for a border run when I was living in Costa Rica. So you'd only stay in Costa Rica or a four, uh, different country for a period of three months if you're not a citizen and you have to cross the border every three months to just show that you went to a different country and that, so you're not like residing there. Yes. And I went to Guatemala for a border run. I loved Lake Atilan. And then I saw an opportunity come up to co-host a yoga retreat there again, uh, just in October this last month. And yeah, I, I went to Guatemala. Everything was all good. We were set to host this yoga retreat. And then a day after I got there, about a week, five days before the retreaties were meant to arrive, there was political conflict conflict in Guatemala, Guatemala City. And it was actually really beautiful for the country of Guatemala. It was peaceful protests, so no violence, nothing wild to my knowledge, um, and I think the people of Guatemala were really happy to execute that finally and mm. express themselves in that peaceful protest. But what it did is it didn't allow um, people to travel from the airport to the lake. It's about a three hour drive mm. via car. Oh, wow. So wow. we had to cancel the retreat. Oh, man. So everybody that, everybody that already booked their plane tickets and already signed up and everything, it all had to had to turn around. Yeah. Oh man. Challenging. Yeah. I know someone else that was recently hosting a retreat down there and, uh, yeah, just raved about how beautiful it was there, but that is interesting. The element of going somewhere into a different country and just thinking like, hopefully this will be easy. Like it, like it seems like it might be here. And, and then you, you have that, that challenge. That's, that's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you didn't stay. So it was like, now it's time to leave. Yeah, I had this, it was just an intuition. It was a feeling I had in my stomach of I should probably get out of the country, even though by the lake there were no protests where I, where I was. Yeah, but yeah, I just felt the feeling of I should probably get out of the country gracefully before there yeah. is potentially yeah. violence because you yeah. never know with peaceful protests. So yeah. leaning on the side of caution, which... In my adolescent life, I didn't do much. <laughs> yeah. I took it into my own hands to, yeah, I booked a tiny little two-seater plane to get to Guatemala City and oh, wow. got out yeah. safely and um, gracefully. Yeah, smart move. <laughs>
And what was it about politics? You said just political parties arguing. Yeah. Political art, political. Yeah. I believe oh, something man. with the president. Got it. I'll have to research that. I'm yeah. unaware. I have been paying attention to the news because I don't want to live under my little bubble or my little yoga bubble completely. Um, but I have not come across the news of what's happening in Guatemala. So thanks for alerting me. I'll check out what's going on. Yeah. What do you think? Um, where do you think yoga plays in the role of like the future of humanity and the planet? I know that's a little bit of a big question, but often I... I, I keep asking myself, like, how come we can't all just get along? Yeah. And I know that's, you know, obviously someone's going to say, well, it's such a naive, you know, perspective. There's been war. There's been fighting ever since time memorial, the beginning of humanity. Um, I just don't understand why, why that has to be. What are your thoughts? I believe that the practice of yoga is a whole lifestyle. It's not just, you know, the asana that a lot of people attend class for, which is absolutely lovely. And of course, on the eight limb path. And I think it's an amazing way to move energy throughout the body and prepare us for meditation. But when it comes to really embodying yoga, it's, it's, being the yoga, it's being the yoga and doing the yoga, showing yep. up for ourselves so that we can all get along. Because when we love ourselves and can get along with ourselves, that's when we can, you know, flow harmlessly and seamlessly with others. Yeah. Good point. I sometimes wonder if like, do you think it's possible for there to actually be complete peace on the planet? Like, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I know it's, these are tough questions. I don't really have a great answer for this, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I often try to imagine like, what if everybody actually just didn't fight like the whole, at the same time, the whole planet, there was just no arguing. There was no like seeing things as separate. Like you believe what you believe and I believe what I believe. And that somehow clashes, even though oftentimes it seems like a lot of the things that we believe are the same thing. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we're both arguing about the same thing. We just can't see that we're kind of headed in the same direction. I just wonder if it's ever going to be possible or if like existence on planet earth will just mean that there will be conflict. I mean, when I think about like say Buddha teachings and you know, Buddha coming right out straight up front, like life is suffering, right? There's right. like this first thing of like, look, if you're gonna be on planet earth, this is what you have to deal with. This is just a part of it. I guess I, I, I think I'm probably extremely naive, but I always have thought it would be amazing if somehow we could have a planet where we didn't fight. But then if someone comes in to my house and like hurts my family, right? Like my children, my wife. Yeah. Whew, that's just so tough, right? Because we hear about the turn your other cheek idea, right? Like mm -hmm. someone inflicts violence, turn your cheek and let them hit again, right? Like from the ahimsa side. Yeah. But it just, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I almost get a little nervous even like bringing these questions up because it's like kind of intense to fully think about. What, what do you think? 
Yeah, that's a deep one. I believe that we cannot control, of course, what we can't control. Yeah. And so in terms of everyone and all the people being born and all the people, you know, exiting this this human yeah. life. Yeah. That there will always be conflict. Yeah. Whether that's super tiny or grand. Yeah. yeah. I don't believe that that conflict always has to be in in suffering. But mm. do you mean like it could be more of a debate, mm-hmm. like an intellectual debate? I, I like that. Yeah. Or yeah. like, for example, we could have disagree- in Guatemala, yeah. they, they peacefully protest instead of going straight mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the violence. Yeah. Or yeah. in many such cases. But yeah. yeah, when it comes to something so outside of our own control, like yeah. the entire, yeah. you know, yeah. planet. Yeah. getting along perfectly. Yeah. That would be awesome, but I believe also ancestrally, like if you look back to caveman days, like yeah. you know, the the men they they went at it. Yeah. For whatever, yeah. maybe it yeah. was for women or for food yeah. or for or if we watch nature and we observe, you know, uh animals and the hunt like I don't know. Whenever I see that though, that seems more about survival and an understanding of the circle of life. Mm-hmm. You know, like whenever I think about, um, sometimes I'll watch documentaries and, you know, animal wildlife documentaries and they'll show like, say this group of monkeys over here and that group of monkeys and they'll have some sort of they'll come together and like maybe this group over here has the fruit trees that they are protecting and they like, and this other group will come in and, and there'll be some sort of little conflict, but there's like this understanding, like the conflict is necessary, but it also is done in a way that seems so different to the way that it's done nowadays. I don't know. I do. Do you ever, do you ever, how do you view humans as animals or as something outside and better and beyond the animal kingdom? It's so true going back because my first thought when you just said that is I feel like, okay, a squirrel battling a squirrel or, (laughs) or whatever. For the nuts. For the nuts. (laughs) It's like, there's almost no ego involved. Like you said, it's survival. Like they just want to eat. So it's not like they're battling for the sake of I'm a better squirrel than you. And here's why it's just for, I'm hungry, dude. Let me have those nuts. Whereas with a more evolved species like us, the mind gets, gets going and the mind comes into play. And it's like the egoic mind is always going to want to be right. Yeah. Good point. You know, like in, there's this idea, if you believe in reincarnation that maybe you went from here up to here and there's been this like, you know, process I guess this really just depends on if someone believes or if I believe or you believe in that sort of dynamic. But I think like if we're from the human perspective, uh, such a much more evolved species and there is such a thing as reincarnation, I kind of would like to come back as an animal. I'd like to come back as a dolphin, to be honest. A dolphin, yeah. that's my spirit animal. <laughs> that's 
that's my favorite. I would like to come back as a dolphin. I don't know. I, I think I'd rather not have the thinking mind that I have mm -hmm. as a human. I think it'd be great to actually be, especially in the water. I saw this incredible photo. I, my, my daughter thought it had to be Photoshopped, but there was someone dropping in on a wave doing a big bottom turn and mm -hmm. a dolphin jumped out of the water at the same time. But the way they were shadowed, it kind of just was this really cool, like both species riding the same wave type of thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing, right? I mean, uh, I don't know that I should, like, I, like, do you think it's silly to actually wish to be an animal versus a human? I mean, because obviously we have a lot of potential so what, what type of things do you think about in relation to human potential and do you kind of explore in relation to your own practice? I think being a human is the spiritual path because we get to feel every emotion on the spectrum, you know, mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. sadness to pleasure and everything in between. And I think that is a spiritual experience in itself mm. and being able to feel these feelings and have the thoughts that we have and work through them and yeah. decode them and yep. get to know ourselves in this lifetime. Yeah. Good, good, good point. What are your, so like recently, you know how Gyana Mudra where you touch your thumb mm -hmm. and index fingertip together and that's like the symbol of intelligence and so obviously if you have like a peace sign, like you could make a hand gesture, right? And mm -hmm. so we have mudras and we can make hand gestures that reflect a certain concept. And therefore, if I take Gyana Mudra, mm -hmm. I might think, okay, I'm going to make my hands in a symbol of intelligence. Therefore, I'd like to invite intelligence into my life and my experience. And I'll make a joke every now and again about like, all you have to do is make the symbol of intelligence and you're intelligent, right? But obviously it's not that simple. But today I was thinking uh, we should, I don't know if like, I don't know if you want to join on my crusade, but like if we taught everybody Gyana Mudra and got everybody just doing that and focusing on intelligence, maybe that would somehow bring a little more intelligence into the world. What could it, <laughs> could it be, could it be that simple? Honestly? Uh, I think, yes. right. I think it doesn't is it seem simple. like it could be that simple. Yeah. I think a lot of things that we humans overcomplicate don't need to be overcomplicated. And yeah. they truly are simple. Yeah. Because if you believe that you are divinely favored or you believe that you are healthy, you believe that you are worthy of whatever you are desiring to accomplish, then that's the only way that it's going to become a reality. Yeah. Can you think of a conflict you've had recently and explain a way that you applied your yoga practice and philosophy to help resolve that conflict? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> a few come to mind. Um, with a lot of new people I've been around lately, including some romantic partners, partner, I should say, single, <laughs> not multiple. There have always been times of, you know, debate or not even conflict, just, just debate. I'm definitely the type of person who is very, very open-minded, but if something is working for me in the moment and making me feel good and I love it, I'm going to stick behind it. 
until something else comes around that I try that might debunk my whole entire way of thinking, which is fine. It's beautiful. But yeah, I've been getting into debate with some family and my romantic partner about certain few things. And in those times, you can let things escalate and just like keep, you know, expressing your opinion, your ideas onto one another and but towards what end. So I always incorporate my practice and just say, hey, let's let's revisit this. Like, let's take like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe the evening and just come back because odds are when we come back, it's not going to matter. Yeah. (laughs) Good point. Good point. Nice one. Good point. When I follow you on Instagram, those of you listening, watching, uh, definitely check Leah out at I am Leah Hester. And recently I've noticed that you've been utilizing, which like I'm trying to learn everything, right? So like, I appreciate that you're kind of using some of the features that I didn't even know existed, Mm -hmm. like the community thing. Like there's like a Uh community, what is that called? There's a, like you can create a channel, like a broadcast channel. So you've been recording or recently you recorded an audio uh, piece that then just popped up in my um, inbox. Inbox, thank you. (laughs) messages and uh thank you yes and um it was just really nice like you gave a couple of like uh tidbits of information and or advice for uh like creating and uh creating new energy um and I feel like you've been you know actively putting information out there which I've I've really appreciated and enjoyed can you talk a little bit about that particular message or what is your what do you uh, what is your creative process when you're thinking, I want to put something out there, right? How do you, how do you tap into that? Is it something like you'll wait till you have a moment of inspiration and then attempt to voice it in a way that people, you think people will be open to hearing or are you coordinating? Like, are you sitting down and strategizing and writing out, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say that. What is your creative process when you're creating? That's a really good question. And thank you. I'm glad that you appreciate the words and the writings that I put out. It means a lot. I just share authentically, truly. If something comes to me that day or I learn a lesson from an experience that I just had in life that will later turn into wisdom, I feel why not share that? Yeah. Why wouldn't I share? We're all so much more alike than we are different. Yeah. And even if my experience is completely different from yours, it may tie together into a similar lesson or a similar teaching. Yeah. Good point. Yes. Yeah. Where are you getting most of your inspiration from lately? Are you, uh, is it a particular individual? Is it through, the experience of, well, it sounds like your Guatemala retreat wasn't maybe the learning lesson you hoped for (laughs) or planned for, but is it like in a, uh, that retreat setting or what do you, what are you finding that are you, when you, do you have a ritual each day that you go to, to try to get inspired? Yeah, definitely. So like the Guatemala situation, it's like, of course, 
I didn't have a ton of expectations going into it, but in my mind, I was going to host a yoga retreat and gain that experience and learn, but I trust and my rationally optimistic self just knows that the experience I did get and the lessons I did learn were exactly what I needed. Yeah. So yeah, I've been pulling a lot of that inspiration from life experience lately. I feel like I've been go, go, go. Um, and this Florida time has been a nice, nice little pause and breath. But aside from that, I've definitely just been getting a handful of experience that, yeah. you know, 18 year old me could have dreamed of or did dream of and yeah. now yeah. I'm living it. And so with the World Wide web that we have, like we talked about, it's like share, yeah. share. If I can help one person that day or inspire one person or put a smile on someone's face, then like, that's amazing. That's cool. When you look back on your 18 year old self, um, did you, was it, did you know what you wanted to do? Did you struggle with that whole transition of, you know, obviously we get a lot of pressure from our family to like, there's a vision for us that would be us being successful. And mm -hmm. there's like, um, you know, either following what they see as that success pattern. And sometimes there's this like, I want to do me. And that's often at odds with our families. Yeah. Did you, do you have a very, like, did your family say, go for it, just go out, live life, love it, do whatever you want to do. Or was there, did you have a little bit of that, Oh no, Leah, what are you going to do? Like, I mean, uh, how are you going to survive? How are you going to pay the bills? That type of thing. Yeah. I knew right away that I would love college for the reasons that I would love it and not for the education that I would be learning. I just knew that because towards the end of high school, I questioned everything. I got into reading like books about emotional intelligence and self-help and all of those things from as early as the age of 16. So by the time high school ended and I had already done a lot of partying and a lot of dating older boys and just experiencing the college world prior to me even going to college. So I knew that me going to college was to experiment. <laughs> yeah. And so when I came out to San Diego for school, my prediction was exactly correct. And maybe I wrote my own fate with that one, but, or co-created, but yeah, I, I wasn't going to class and I only lasted a year and I think that that's exactly what I needed. Yeah. I just needed that one year. So after that year of dropping out, yeah, my family was definitely thrown off at first because I have three older bro brothers who all graduated college. And yeah. so I was the last one. And I just said, this isn't for me, guys. Yeah. I'm yeah. going out into the world and yeah. I'm staying in San Diego because I love it here and I love to surf. And yeah. they ended up supporting me because they believed in me. So That's awesome, Leah. Grateful. That's cool. I, sorry, um, had a similar type of experience where my parents were like, Todd, you have to go to school. If you don't, you'll just be working a job that you won't feel fulfilled with. And, uh, and I went to college for a year and I realized this is not for me. And I just kind of went off and started traveling. Um, but I was willing to work really hard. So I had to, you know, kind of 
work really hard to pull it off. Uh, but I had such an interesting question from my son yesterday, who's 17 and like finishing, he's a junior, he's finishing up school and, uh, he's loving surfing. So he's surfing every single day. And, and, you know, I, my experience was I, I traveled to, um, I ended up moving to Australia and I immigrated to Australia and spent five years there. And, um, so he's like looking at it going, well, dad, did you enjoy that? Like going surfing and just going and doing your thing. And I'm coming at it now from this like (laughs) parental side of like, yes. And I want you to do everything you love. Like, I really want you to like pursue your dreams, like, because that's a big thing. And I'm real personally, really glad I went and traveled when I was young and I didn't have a lot of responsibility because I got to see the world and be challenged by that. But from the parental side, it's so challenging because you just want, we want our children to be happy yeah, and to like have as little, we know there's going to be struggle. Like we know there's going to be challenges, like, but we just want it to be a little easier for them somehow. So I was just found myself last night going, how do I answer this question? So I'm happy to hear that you're kind of pursuing your path of what do I, what makes me happy? What do I really truly want to do? So you made mention that like while you're here in Florida, you're figuring that out. Yeah. Yeah. And it took me a long time to figure it out. Right. Like. I mean, I think we kind of are constantly trying to figure it out. Yeah. I can't say I even figured, like, I don't think I figured it out now. Yeah. Right. Like I'm still wondering what am I going to do next? Right. Yeah. Like, so, but, um, I'm happy to hear that. That's cool. What other insights are you gaining or do you have any fears? Like, where are you at right now? Are you, is it easy for you to navigate right now? Or are you having some fears come in? What, what, what's happening for you? I think life. At this point in time, me sitting here, I just turned 24 and I can confidently say that I believe life is a never ending series of figuring it out. Yeah. And the challenges are, and the goals that we have for ourselves and that we get to overcome is what makes life fun because an easy life would be boring. True. An easy life would be boring. It could be really boring. You're right. If it was too easy, you have no motivation, right? No motivation. There's nothing to push you and kind of light your, get you. Yeah. Good yeah. point. Yeah. So yeah. to have, to be able to be a human and have these like in-depth realizations of, well, towards what end? And is this making me happy? And am I content doing this? And yeah, like one of my favorite quotes is a rich man works his whole life to retire like a poor man by the sea. Mm-hmm. And isn't that a classic one? A classic. Yeah. And it just, that just, you know, it hits home for me yeah. because all I want to do right now is of course work hard and have these goals and these visions and go after everything that I know I'm capable of, which is the beautiful process. But yeah, it's of course to towards what end I yeah. always question yeah. and that's to be yeah. Yeah. with loved ones in a in a village by the sea there you go really, so. right <laughs> yeah good point Leah it's a funny paradox isn't it it is the amount of work we put forward to try to prepare for a f- date in the future <clears throat> but man not working and not saving for the future still 
didn't really feel good to me either at some point. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I hit this point personally where I was like, dude, I'm always going to be six steps behind on my bills. You know what I mean? And my car is always breaking down and mm-hmm. I'm like trying to keep it rolling. Um, which really caused me to have to like get serious, a little more serious, I guess, which is a good thing. I'm very mm-hmm. thankful. Have you, have you had any of those sort of, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, so for me, it's just so hard to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's such, for me, it's a paradox. Cause it's like, I, we live right by the beach right now. It's so beautiful. Right. It's also like really expensive to live here in Palm Beach County. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, like sometimes feeling like I'm on the hamster wheel, yeah. not even knowing to what end, like where is this gonna, gonna lead? So I, I don't know, lately I've been definitely like in relation to say, uh, what will happen with say the world economy, right? Like we can put into it, hoping that we'll have something later on down the track. But then I remind myself, there's a chance, Todd, it might not even be there, right? Like kind of like the same way, like with the whole FTX thing with the cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. like like that's a huge scam, right? Like it's crazy the amount of money that people put in all of a sudden, boom, it's gone, right? right? So like the amount of work that could be done, it could just disappear in a moment's notice anyway. So that whole element of trying to like, just be like, okay, I'm already, I've already, mm-hmm. I've already made it, right? Yeah. I've already made it. I'm already at the, this is the wealthiest I'll ever be. This is the happiest I'll ever be. Oh, I don't know. It's just not that simple though. <laughs> I, I know. Do you feel that too? Yeah. You notice that's, that? That's yeah. where I've kind of, the space that I've kind of been in yeah. lately yeah. of before I left for Costa Rica, I had my own business and was in a really long four-year relationship with, at the time, a man who... I envisioned a really long future with and yeah, all of that ended willingly and I left for Costa Rica and now I'm in a space of re rebuilding. Yeah. But then yeah, you go back and you're like, but I just am right now yeah. and where I am yep. is okay. Yeah. And you just need to accept that and that life is just a cycle of like, you do one thing, you accomplish it, you take yeah. that experience and you put it into the next. Yeah. Everything is temporary. And I think that's a mantra that helps me a lot in yeah. just being okay with things. Yeah. And yeah. of course, point, not yeah. lessening motivation or dimming any goals. No, it, it only fuels them because nothing's temporary. So try everything, you know, take the risk. Yeah. 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 Good advice. Yeah. You say nothing's permanent. Everything's temporary. (laughs) True. I agree. Good answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Do you, so I notice when I go to your Instagram page and then I go to your link tree and like you have different maybe companies that you represent Mm -hmm. and or, um, products that you attempt to market and sell. Yes. Yeah. Does that work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 That's definitely as um, like, like an influencer air quote. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, definitely always just try to partner with brands that I love and would promote either way. Yeah. Um, like the yoga mat brand that I work with. Oh, go living 
It's a organic cotton yoga mat um, with a tree rubber bottom grip. And I absolutely love it because I'm big on promoting natural fabrics and wearing natural fabrics because physical items hold energy and a natural fabric. There have been studies done that they have a higher frequency. Mm. So when you wear fabrics like cotton and linen and ones that came from the earth, hemp, um, wool, they're going to have a higher frequency than something like polyester yeah, or something that's synthetic like nylon, spandex, all the things. So yeah, for example, that company uh, was a local Encinitas company, Southern California. Very cool. So I was like, of course, yeah, this is, you know, definitely something I would love to authentically promote. Nice. Did you reach out to them? Did you get creative and, and send them a letter? Did you go into their shop in California? Did you have a connection like a, like, how would you recommend if, if say I'm going cool, I want to, I want to try to connect with a company and help promote them. What is your advice in relation to spurring that on? Gratefully and easily, most of the brands that I've worked with have come to me. And then from there, you know, I had to look them up, look into them and see if it was yeah. something that yeah. I was passionate about and wanted to promote. Um, That's and cool. Yeah, so the ones that I am promoting are no. all ones that are things that I would recommend to almost everyone in nice. every day and love. Nice. That's cool. Awesome. Are you familiar with the company Patagonia? I am. Are you familiar with how they've used tree rubber and or, and or Ulex to make wetsuits? Wow. Yeah. They're trying That's to awesome. completely turn the whole neoprene rubber wetsuit thing to a sustainable Ulex rubber, which is some sap or type of natural, more natural material, which is pretty amazing. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Patagonia. Yeah. 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 And what they're doing with that. But that's cool. I heard you mention with the yoga mat that there's a, like a, like a tree rubber, you said tree rubber yeah, bottom. That's, that's the cool. grip on the bottom. So yeah. it does have grip. Um, and because it's cotton, it actually strengthens my practice yeah. because I'm not so anchored to the floor through like a full rubber mat. Yeah. Um, it doesn't slide at all, but it definitely strengthens your practice. Kind of, it can stretch cotton. out. Yeah, like when you're a, a down bit. dog, it feels like it's you're sliding apart a little bit. So you have to use your strength to pull, right? To not slide out. Cool. You're activating muscles yeah. that you normally wouldn't. Nice. Well, do you have a movement history background prior to yoga, or when you got into yoga, uh, was that like your first uh, movement practice? Were you an athlete when you were younger? Did you do dance gymnastics? Any of that mm-hmm. stuff? Yeah, I feel like a lot of yogis come from a dance background or, yeah, a gymnastics background. The amazing, lovely woman who led my yoga teacher training, who I learned so much from, she's she's amazing. She's from Chicago, too. She, what is her name? Gabrielle. Cool. Yeah. Can you share she, her last name as well? Yeah, Gabrielle Blakely. Nice. Yeah, she's awesome and so wise and beautiful. But she was a dancer, so I know, like, a lot of yogis who were previously dancers but I was the opposite I played like every sport under the sun I was a complete tomboy growing up with three brothers I played sports in high school as well for my freshman and sophomore year 
before I went into my own things. Um, but yeah, I played basketball, soccer, my, those two, my whole life. I played lacrosse. I played hockey with boys. I figure skated, um, gymnastics a little bit when I was a really young kid. What else? Softball. Um, wow. I, yeah, I played a lot of sports. That's cool. <laughs> what advice would you give somebody who thinks that yoga could not help their current sporting activity? Like sometimes I'll have people come and they'll say, I really wish my husband or my wife would start doing yoga. They love to run, bike, swim, surf, soccer, whatever other sport. And they just think yoga is just they're just not into it yeah what type of advice would you offer somebody who might be listening i bet you everybody listening is probably already likes yoga but <laughs> there's a chance maybe not yeah um what type of advice would you offer somebody who's like how could yoga help me if i'm a runner or a figure skater yeah the physical postures asana of yoga is so beneficial, I think, for any movement to just complement it because yeah. you're moving around energy in the body and that makes space for anything else that you are incorporating. So if you're making space and stretching your limbs and moving the fascia within your body, practicing yoga asana, and then you translate that to a soccer field or a football field, you're going to have more mobility and you're going to have that both physical and energetic space in the body to let those movements in your other sports be more fluid. Nice. Yeah. Good answer. Uh, what type of, for like, say personally, after seeing like what's happening in the world and a lot of like, you know, we're visually seeing violent, we were seeing violence, mm -hmm. we're hearing about violence, we're hearing about strong opposition between whose side who we're going to support that type of thing um what type of advice or inspiration or motivation or just insight or thoughts do you have regarding how we could navigate this current challenging situation that we're seeing yeah i believe it's important to educate yourself if you're going to be involved within the politics or the news. If you're going to be involved, definitely educate yourself. And know that, per personally, I, I don't watch the news. I don't, um, I feel like nowadays almost, like with my generation, like you go on your social media and you can find out everything that's happening on the news on social media. Yeah, yeah. So just in a different way of it being portrayed. So it's interesting. Yeah. I try not to get too involved uh, of things that are completely out of my control. And sometimes I believe it's best to, if you're not super knowledgeable about a topic or the history to not have such a, a strong opinion. Yeah. And people will say, yeah. Leah, you should have a strong opinion. You should, but that's just what I believe. I don't yeah. believe that we have to be so hard headed and pick a side about something that yeah. who knows what we know about it. Yeah. Like, who yeah. Knows? yeah. That's a really good point. I heard someone say recently that, um, they were feeling really, 
uh, challenged uh, by what they're watching within from from their cultural side. And someone who they really love and admire said, <clears throat> look, I have a, a differing opinion, so I think we should change the subject. And so normally that to me sounds like a fairly responsible way to change the subject to like dance around it a little bit, right? Avoid conflict. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> avoid conflict. Like, but then when I saw how hurt the person was in relaying that, that was the approach that was taken from their good friend. It made me think, okay, now if it were me and say, I were to come to you and say, you know, you, you would voice your opinion about, wow, I'm really having this hard time with this and I'm seeing it from the other side. That instead of me saying, look, let's just change our conversation, Lee, because I don't think we're going to agree on this, right? I could just be almost one step further and just be like, I understand. I know it's so hard. I'm, so, I'm sorry that you're having such a hard time, you know, because I don't know. I just think that that would be one way we could find that peaceful planet. Definitely. Because even then I'm still stepping back from feeling like I have to let you know that I don't agree with you. Right. And just say even though I don't agree with you, maybe I don't, but I could just still let you know that I'm, I'm sorry that you're having such a hard time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Don't you think just, that could be a, like, does that make me soft though? That I'm not, not just me, but anybody that would take this approach. Does that mean I'm, I'm just like soft or I don't have an opinion or I'm a fence sitter. You know what I mean? Because I'm yeah. proud to sit on the fence. Yeah. Like, I'm proud of that. Like, I try to sit on the fence, right? When someone <laughs> calls me a fence sitter, I'm like, thank you very much. Like, I'm working hard at this, you yeah. know? So, and then there's this idea of like, you need to pick a side. You got to pick a team, right? <clears throat> um, any thoughts there? Yeah, a lot. I think nature is filled with duality. There's duality in nature, we are nature itself, but when it comes to worldly things and you refer to nature for maybe answers or inspiration, I believe that we need both types of people in the world. And that's why there are both types of people. And I think it's, there is power and there's really good times to be like, this is what I believe in. I'm going to tell everyone that crosses yeah. my path that this yeah. is what I believe in yeah. because that, I mean, that's how leaders are, are made yeah. by point. being strong in their yeah. beliefs and preaching yeah. them to others. However, I also believe in, yeah, just there is a point to avoid conflict within are zooming in on our yeah. own very lives to just yeah. say, yeah, I'm yeah. here for you yeah. and just be completely empathetic and open hearted and yeah. say, yeah. I feel you. Yeah. I don't yeah. agree with you, but I'm here for you. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Good answer. Yeah. Agreed. I think we could move a little closer to something a little more sweeter, nicer, yeah. kinder. That's cool, Leah. Well, I'm so grateful for you to take some time out of your day. Um, is there anything else that you want to bring up and or that I did not bring up or would like to mention or share with our listeners before we come toward a conclusion here? 
Yeah, just going back and touching on, because you asked a question, I don't know if I fully answered it about how would you tell people to kind of work through a time where the world is heavy like this. And what I would really say to that and what works for me personally is working on yourself and your peace and your happiness and your sense of self. Because at the end of the day, when we can show up for ourselves and love ourselves, that's the only way we can show up and love others. And that truly spreads. Like you don't know how many lives you influence or impact throughout the day, especially now with social media too, but even just in person, face-to-face flowing and going around, like kindness goes a long way and it should never be looked past the power of a little loving kindness. So just keep that in your heart and know that we're all in this together. We are. Nice. Awesome, Leah. That's perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. So nice to have you here. Native Yoga Toddcast is produced by myself. The theme music is dreamed up by Bryce Allen. If you like this show, let me know. If there's room for improvement, I want to hear that too. We are curious to know what you think and what you want more of what I can improve. And if you have ideas for future guests or topics, please send us your thoughts to info at Native Yoga Center. You can find us at nativeyogacenter.com. And hey, if you did like this episode, share it with your friends, rate it and review and join us next time. Thanks, Leah. Yeah, thank you. That's cool. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy that you came in. What are you going to do now? Me too. I'm so grateful. What do you have going the rest of the day? Yeah, I'm going to go home and continue working on editing some YouTube videos and create some more sequences to then record. That's awesome. That's cool. I saw, I went and followed you on YouTube today um, and I noticed that you have one video that you posted mm-hmm. a couple shorts but the one video you posted you already have 3,000 views on oh yeah I got yeah 3, did you notice cool. that no. so you haven't noticed that you haven't been like st- Last time I'm I like checked, such it was like 25 I'm such a YouTube geek I f- love it it's so great yeah. the analytics on it yes. to be able to go back and see like how many seconds did people actually pay attention how how much do the live videos how much uh like retention is there in terms of how long can you keep people's attention versus the recorded videos the whole process of recording videos and the editing process and how to um keep it where it's interesting i read a book recently by a guy uh with i can't remember the author's name but it was called um it is called how to shoot video that doesn't suck i think that's what it's called it's a really good because i was like i need to work on my video editing skills i want to work on like what's working he said every time you watch tv count how many seconds the camera 
on that one shot lasts. He's like, it hardly ever goes longer than three seconds. So now when I'm watching a show, whether it's a commercial or whether it's any TV show, I'll go, I'll start counting one, two, switch shot, one, two, it switches shot. So I guess like we're so like, I don't want to say ADD, but we're so like, the only way we'll actually stay watching a video is if it's like, boom, boom, something new, something different. Which then when I started recording my videos, I was like, oh my gosh, this is taking forever because then I'm like move my camera over here move my camera over here every three seconds every four seconds so then I'm like okay well let me try to film one thing with my camera here film it for 30 minutes then turn the camera over here film the same thing for 30 minutes put the two 30 minute clips in the editor and then try to three seconds cut come down to this one three seconds cut and then chop it down chop it down pull from this angle perfect and I'm just like it takes so long to edit a 10 minute video. So I've been like really lazy lately. And with my YouTube videos, like for our conversation, it's just a one hour video. I don't chop, I don't change. I just like pluck it on there. Just like, I'm just excited that I actually got something on there. Mm -hmm. This is a miracle that I got this far. Right. But my pre-edited stuff, I've been having so much fun with. So it was cool. But I, I was like, Oh my gosh, she has one video. Got that many views. That's pretty impressive so I don't know if you planned that or not like did you put a lot of time I didn't get a chance to watch the video so I'm sorry I will and all I'm doing is just studying the metrics before I even like pay attention to what the video has to say but yeah. did, like what what are you finding with all that like is it overwhelming are you digging it are you like what the heck what what is your thoughts I'm digging it I truly find joy and pleasure in video editing like I even love like the little reels that I make and the YouTube was fun because that one if you get a chance to watch it was just like of it was a vlog of my Guatemala experience so I kept it super raw and real and just put the clips in that I got before you know I left I left the lake to get to the city because of the political strife but yeah I I have fun with it that's cool. I do. I, yeah. It will be nice to see it grow. Yeah, definitely because yeah. it's like a full time job editing. It is. Yeah. Are you at a point where you've contemplated hiring an editor and or navigating the cost of that and the validity for paying for it? Not yet. I definitely have some friends and mentors who have outsourced their editing to various other people mm-hmm. and pay pay people to edit their their vlogs and videos mm-hmm. but I'm not there yet since I've only posted one and I believe with my YouTube um, yoga flows and meditations and breath work that will be less like chopping it up and just mm-hmm. adding music mm-hmm. and getting like straight posted. straight shots straight like shot. just get it out there yeah don't it's super real and authentic you know I'm yeah that's cool teaching via the yep. internet so. cool what about um, Instagram? I know you're up around like the 31,000 follower mark, which is like hard to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't think so. I've been on Instagram for like a long time. I have like, I mean, I'm, I know it's not about numbers. I know it sounds very shallow to be like, oh, you have this many numbers. I'll have this many numbers. And no, oh, that means you, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of a shallow s- metric to gauge humanity off of Mm -hmm. however it's hard not to get excited about it when you start actually trying it starts working and you gain so do you have any advice for me 
uh, or anybody, how to um, get your Instagram to build. Yeah, definitely. Just like I expressed about um, the channels and the voice messages that I send in there. I also have a Telegram, by the way, that people can join. But I saw that. I saw on your link tree, it said join Telegram and I'm not on Telegram. So I clicked it and I'm like, well, that's not going to work. So right. I'm, not, I'm not on there. Right. But um, <clears throat> that helped you? No. So what I was saying is like, Sorry. I send voice messages in there too. And those just being super authentic, it's like, do that with your content as well. Mm-hmm. Like we are all super similar and more alike than people may think. Mm-hmm. So instead of like worrying and creating false narratives in your mind of, oh, I need to fit into this niche. Like if I love surfing, I'm only going to post about surfing. Or if I love holistic living, I'm only going to post about holistic living. It's like, no, like we're multidimensional beings. Like I have so many passions, Mm. so many hobbies. Mm. So I just would post them authentically, like about my travels and my move to Costa Rica. Um, and the holistic living that I do and the food that I eat and yoga as well. Like I could only post yoga, but that's not the only part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I just post all of the different realms of my life and yeah, Cool. It broadens your audience. So yeah, post. Awesome, Leah. 